Welcome to the Snapshot Testimony Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Domersant. This is a podcast that explores the pivotal moments that shape a life of faith in Christ. This week, I want to introduce you to my fellow radio host, Chris Fabry. You may know him already. He hosts Chris Fabry Live, which you hear on the Moody Radio Network. Now, about 15 years ago, he went through an incredible personal trial. I want to give you a little backstory to kind of set up where we're going today. His family, including his wife and nine children, they all started getting sick with these mysterious symptoms and no one could really understand why. It took years before it was finally discovered that toxic mold had taken over their dream home. It all came to a head when Chris got a phone call from his wife while he was on a business trip. He was about to board a flight home when she called and it forced him to wrestle with one big question that would change all of their lives. So what does love look like? Chris Fabry, my guest on the podcast today. Uh, 2008, there was a moment that happened that helped answer that question for you. Take us there. Our family had been through a couple of years of real struggle with uh, mold in our home and, yeah. and uh, illnesses and all kinds of stuff that was going on. We were doing our best to just soldier on through it. I'd only been do doing Chris Fabry Live for about six months. And uh, Colin Lambert, who worked with us, vice president at Moody Radio for many years, uh, and his wife, Patty, dropped me off at Midway. And I walked in to catch the flight to back to Denver to drive home. And I got a phone call. And it was the wife of my youth. I call her my toxic life coach. <laughs> and she said the words that changed our lives. She said, I think we need to leave the house. Oh, wow. And, you know, this, this comes after, you know, there's a lot of backstory with this, right. a lot of doctors, a lot of Years specialists. of illness and your family and eventually kind of discovering that it was this toxic mold that was making your whole family sick, right? Exactly. And we had done, gone through remediations. We got through tens of thousands of dollars of remediation, you know, and I thought everything was fine. Well, what happened in October was the, the heater kicked on in October and it spread all that stuff through again. Oh. And so we started, the kids started getting sick. The pets were sick. You know, it was just, it was a house of horrors for a while. And you don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so she had been talking with a couple of doctors on uh, that weekend. And um, she, she, she said, it's my judgment that the best thing that we could do is to get out of this house and to see what happens to us after that. Wow. And so I said, uh, okay, all right, let me, let me just think about this on the flight home. And it was, I couldn't get straight to Denver. It was, I think we had to go to DC and to Denver. So I had this whole long two flights to think, what do I do? Cause I didn't think it was that big a deal. I didn't yeah. think that we needed to get out of the house. You know, you thought there surely has to be some way to fix this because that seems like the most extreme. Exactly. And, and think of the, think of the what ifs and the down the road and the, and the three steps down and what do we do with this and what do we do with that? And what about my, my business is linked to that address and right. do we sell the house? Do we burn it to the, you know, what, all these questions. And I came to the conclusion that in that plane flight, I came to the conclusion that the main question that I was dealing with is what does love look like right here? Huh. 
what does it look like to love my wife well, who believes this thing that I'm not on board with totally? Yeah. And what has happened, Allie, since then, I have counseled other people who have been in some of the same situations that we've been in, especially men. Mm-hmm. What do you do when your wife sees something that you don't see? How do you love her well? And in the in the remaining moments of that flight coming into Denver, the choppy air, um, I realized that what's the worst thing that can happen if we get out of the house and we realize that I'm right and we can get back in it, we'll (laughs) laugh about this. We'll, you know, we've inconvenienced our friends to go to their homes, you know, that kind of thing with nine kids. you got to get a lot of people uh, (laughs) parsed out there. Um, The worst thing that could happen is we lose a little bit of money, but she knows at the end of the day that I care more about her than I care about this house. Hmm. I care more about her than I care about our possessions. I care more about her and what she's feeling inside than I do all of the stuff of life. Because at the end of life, it's not this, you ain't taking the stuff with you. It's the people, you know? And so I went home. I, it was in the afternoon on the day that I got there. I took off my suit coat. I changed into uh, shorts and the t-shirt. And we walked out of that house with the clothes on our backs and that suit stayed on that chase that I bought for her and was still there uh, when the people came in to clear it out and to take everything out of there. I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen to the the Chicago Cubs shirt, you know, the jersey that I got with Fabry on the back of it. Didn't know what Mm -hmm. was going to happen with it. Didn't know what was going to happen to all of the the tin type uh, photographs that we had of Andrea's family and the memorabilia that I had and, you know, all of the signed copies of books that I, I didn't know what was going to happen to that, but I knew this. I knew I love you more than I love that, that thing there, mm-hmm. that house there. And we're going to go through this together. And now looking back on that, you know, uh, that happened in October of 2008 I can see that that was the best decision that I could make to to show her how much I love her by letting go and then walking through that fire together. Yeah. So what does love look like? Leaving everything behind for the the one that you love? I think I think it looks like surrender. Yeah. I think if you really believe that God is in control, and that he is sovereignly moving the chess pieces on the board of your life, what you can do is decide to go with him rather than fighting against him. And I would not counsel anybody to take this and say, okay, get out of your house if you've got a little <laughs> bit of stachybotrys in the air. You know, right. I, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is uh, love looks like valuing people more than the stuff mm. or the status or anything else that is there. Uh, and, and as the, you know, I feel like as the leader of the home, I had to make certain decisions that would communicate that well, uh, to everybody in the house. Right. And thank God we are doing a lot better and we're in a much uh, physically, health-wise, we're in a much better place than we were. I'm convinced if we'd have stayed in that house, we would have died in that house, you mm. know? 
which is what yeah. I wanted to do. I always said I wanted to die in this house because it was, you know, 5,500 square feet. And it was like Beautiful. our dream house that we could, you know, marry the kids off in. And we had a basketball court behind it. It was all this stuff. But it was killing us. Mm. And I and think so you in a lot of ways, did leave it all behind yeah. and, and relocated and you'd lost all of the things that were in that house because everything was sort of contaminated, right? Just for people who haven't right. heard this story. I mean, it seems so dramatic, but that was what was necessary. Yeah. It, it, eventually we got the pictures back so that we could get someone to digitally take all of the photo albums. So we have, you know, a reference of those and some of the videos that we had, but, but, yeah. you know, all the furniture and all of the, the stuff that was in there, uh, is in a landfill somewhere. Mm. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I, I lament and, and weep over the, the books that meant so much to me, you know, that sparked so much joy. Yeah. And for a long time, I wouldn't buy anything new. You know, I wouldn't buy a new writing book that I really liked. Um, but in the last few, oh, it was a hard thing for me for, to get a new pet because I had seen what we had to do with the pets in our house. Yeah. And so it, it took, it took a few years, but that, uh, has brought life to us and has brought a, a sense of, I can not feel, not moving out in fear, but in love that God, God is going to protect us, not from feeling bad ever again, but from, um, to, uh, to, from, stepping back or, or what's the word I'm looking for from, um, from running from life yeah. because life is pain and struggle is a part of life. And as Don Cole used to say, struggle is not a sign of failure. Struggle is a sign of life. Mm. And so struggle well with that. And yeah. that's one of the things that I, I walked away from that experience with. And it's, and, and it's so tough because, I mean, we see in scripture how trials produce things in us that uh, times of peace cannot, I mean, our, our endurance, our perseverance, th those things are being built. Um, but has it, did it take you some time to get to the point where uh, you could look at that situation and say, I can see God's hand in it. I, I learned what love looked like. Did it take you a while to get to that point? It took a long time because... Uh, there's a lot of financial loss with the whole thing, you know, everything we had was in that house basically. Yeah. Um, and then you'd go to the, go to the mailbox and you'd get bills from the, the healthcare system kind of fell through for us. Yeah. And, uh, so you'd get bill after bill after bill and negotiating with, it was, it just felt like kind of a job like experience. Mm -hmm. But so it took a long time not to be defensive about, you know, opening the mailbox and wondering what fresh horror is here, <laughs> you know, yeah. what, who else is looking for us. And, and here's, here's how God showed up. He showed up in family members. He showed up in friends. He showed up in people on Moody Radio um, giving to us. I mean, we had uh, gift cards given to us to big box stores to go out and buy air mattresses because we were sleeping on the floor basically. Man. And so I pull out these, you know, $25 or $50, uh, cards and, and put them through there. And I remember one cashier saying, where did you get all of those? And I said, <laughs> well, the people on the radio, uh, sent them to us because, they, they just care about us. And she wow. said, man, I wish I knew those people on the radio. 
Well, what an so, opportunity that is, exactly. right? <laughs> Snapshot Testimony is a Moody Radio podcast and short feature. If you enjoyed today's episode, and I hope you did, would you be willing to take a minute to write a review? You can review it on whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to. Your feedback really, really helps. I'm your host, Ali Domerissant, and together we're sharing the moments that shape our faith in Christ. Thanks for listening.